0: Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Good day. God blessings to all of my listeners out there. How are you all doing? I know you're doing just absolutely fantastic. And I'm so glad to hear that. I can, I can hear you through my, through the radio waves and my microphones. This is Teresa E. Keeves. I am your host for put it all on the table through mediation, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. Wow, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I am doing just great and, and I'm continuing to be on the mend. And look, you know, guys, it's just a wonderful time to be alive, isn't it? <clears throat> I want to say first and foremost that God is great. He has given us this point in time in our lives to do what we need to do. And or complete what we did not do in our lives and in our family lives or your work. Completeness, you know, in our lives is very important, you guys, at least for me anyway. You know, as completeness of a thought or idea, for example, helps us to understand or and it gives us clarity regarding the thought or idea that entered our mind in the first place. So... As we explore this thought and or or idea, we can acquire a better understanding as we go on to the next level of the thought or idea we had to see if it's worthwhile or not. If it is, we can give birth to something phenomenal. If not, trash it and go on to the next one. Now. You know, although I will tell you that um there is a gentleman named Harvey Slatter, S-C-H-A-C-T-H-E-R. I may be mispronouncing that. Well, he wrote a brief column titled Unfinished Business Doesn't Need to Be Negative. He wrote this in 2012, but it's still apropos for today. He wrote it for the Globe Mail, and he says in part that successful people love endings and that. They relish meetings that finish with a solid list of next steps and a to-do list with all the items crossed off at the end of the day. But consultant, but a consultant named Julie Winkle Giuliani says in the same article, you guys, that it can be dangerous to always be psychologically driven for a definite conclusion in the sense of always wanting to replace ambiguity with clarity, confusion with order, and uncertainty with firm answers. So instead of trying to wrap everything up completely, she says, maybe leaders more often need to leave things open. Now that's her, that's her opinion. And I like to have, you know, a difference of opinion interjected. You know, it makes it very interesting. Everybody has their opinion. That's a great thing and how they see things. So I like to offer that, you know, to you guys. But then she she also ends by saying that she urges you to stop seeing unfinished business as negative, but rather as creating a dynamic tension that can lead to better opportunities. Okay, now I I thought it was very interesting. And once again, her name is Julie Winkle Giuliani. It's spelled G-I-U-L-I-O-N-I. And I'm sure if you Google her, you can, um <clears throat> excuse me, read more of what it is that she is saying about this subject matter. All right, listen, we do not have a guest on my show today. That's right, it's just you and I. Today and although we are going to have a great talk about things in general today, you know, you know, listen, I have a number of projects on the table and one of them is called better than before, which umbrellas a number of items that are going to be contained in it. I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, kitten caboodle about it, but such as our generation should be better than the previous generation. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot on this show, you know, with me and my guest and some of the things that encompasses doing this and that we as human beings need to be better purveyors for making certain, for example, that our children are safe in and out of the homes. And I'm going to discuss these items, Um, you know, I'm going to discuss these items. I'm going to, I'm going to have a whole program series of things where I'm going to be talking, you know, face to face with, you know, our, our young people. Well, listen, today we are going to discuss a number of topics, topics like how much better the process of mediation is becoming. You know, about twice a year listeners, I always discuss and I like to barometer this, this particular subject, like in June and December you know, to see how mediation is ju- doing and just to keep myself and you all out there abreast of its growth, you know, or what it needs to improve in things like that. For example, what other expansions outwardly, you know, as a useful tool, because this is what I refer to, professional mediation as a useful tool in other areas of our lives besides, you know, divorce, we know that, you know, uh, uh, professional mediation is utilized greatly in divorces now. HOA disputes, issues in the medical industry, credit card settlement, you know. And also, I want to talk to you all out there about the continued, um, growth of gun violence in this country. And, uh, what are some of the suggestions for how, you know, we can make it better than it is now? And, um, you know, for example, can communication and you know having a series of you know t- uh, classes and talks um be if any assistance you know to the public you know for particularly for the the people coming behind us okay we need to leave this world you know in in a better place for for these uh, you know uh, you know the people coming behind us and, um, um, and we in, 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 and we on the other hand are supposed to be making the place a better place than our parents and, and so forth and so on, you know, and plus, you know, um, then I will have other items that I'm going to, to discuss. And, um, in addition to which I will get to all of those things, but here comes the but first. It's a beautiful day here in Arizona. Now although the temperatures have been brutal for the last couple of weeks yikes is about all you can say ah. I am certain that you all have heard if you don't live here in Arizona about the temperatures that were just off the chain I was I was uh, briefly discussing this with um my um engineer uh Dave shout out to Dave great engineer and the point is here in the desert we have experienced very hot temperatures before it's nothing it's nothing unusual we're in the desert okay we get that all right but you know the 117 degrees and you know you have to factor in the sun um by adding in 5 plus more degrees that's at least that's what i was told when we got here and that's and that's the truth because i have i have um did did an experiment on seeing how hot it, you know, the car can get. Like, for example, you know, if it's 113 outside and then if you were to put, you know, a temperature gauge inside your car, and even if it's parked under the shade, you will notice that if it's 113, when you, when you leave it in there, let's say for about 20 minutes or something like that, then when you come back, it's going to be, you know, like a, almost 120. It's, it's crazy. You know, but it's just that, you know, we're still considered spring. Summer hasn't started yet. And the, the temperatures just went, just, just flew up 13 degrees and things like that at one, at one given time. That, that was fast, you know, but then on the other hand, my listeners, you know, we have parts of our country that, that's experiencing turbulent weather, lots of rain and wind and tornadoes, you know, like in, in In Texas and Colorado and Oklahoma, and even abroad over in France, there was reports um last week of you know it flooding there in parts of France you know and it Germany also got hit you know so I feel lots of uh, sympathy and empathy for those who are experiencing the loss of their homes and in some cases you know their loved ones, you know from the heat and from the turbulent weather here in our country. So just know that I am praying for you all out there, sincerely. So now listen, over the weekend, we lost another one of our great individuals, and that is Muhammad Ali. He only have been here for 74 years, and that is young listeners. And I want to say that I had the opportunity to meet Muhammad Ali and it is is it, you know as I think back think back about it you know it was it it, it was phenomenal well I was at Tony and Guy um, beauty salons you know you guys here in the valley I'm sure you're familiar with Tony and Guy if you're not you're familiar now well they have um a location that's in Scottsdale and you know Muhammad Ali resided um, in, in Scottsdale, Arizona for years. And, uh, but this incident happened, th- this particular uh, thing happened, you know, some years ago. And, uh, because I used to frequent there for my hair and so did Muhammad Ali. Well, the first time I, 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 I had arrived at for this one appointment and I looked over there and I said, you know, that looks, you know, he was in the, he was in the back by the shampoo bowls. And I, uh, told the lady who was working on my hair, At that time, and I said, you know, that looks like, she says, that is Muhammad. Oh my God. Okay. So he was, he was very well dressed and handsome and very gracious. So when it was time for me to go to the, to sink, I sat right directly next to him, you know, and, and we spoke and things like that. And his wife, his wonderful wife, Lonnie was with him. And she told me that he likes to be around pretty women. So she said he's, he's always happy and, and grateful and, and gracious to be around pretty women. And, um, I do not know why guys, I did not take a photo with the champ at that time. And you know, now I'm thinking about it retrospectively. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I probably was starstruck. Okay. Or I was just in awe you know of of him knowing the great history you know that encompass this man you know my oldest son attended high school uh with two of his daughters when we inside, when we resided in Illinois years ago and um he still keeps in contact with them and and also his son as well he told me that the other day and um you know i i just want to say that i am grateful that i have met him and um I'll always remember remember those times I used to see him and Tony and Guy. And I will say that I'm saddened by his transitioning. Um it truly is is a loss, but I'm also glad that I lived um um I did live and, and know know about this individual in my lifetime. So my prayers go out to his fabulous and loving wife Lonnie and to his children as well. Okay? Now Here's something else I want to talk to you guys about, okay? And don't you dare laugh at me. Did any of you happen to look at the Miss USA contest this past Sunday? Well, me and my grandchildren, we decided that we would all gather in my husband's man cave, okay? And we were and we were looking at it, you know, and we enjoyed it, and um, I thought it to be entertaining, to say the least. Typically, you all, I do not look at these beauty pageants, you know, recently in my life. But, you know, I, you know, I did when I was younger, you know, because a lot of, you know, girls coming up, we have the thoughts, you know, of you know, maybe being in a beauty contest or whatever. But, you know, as as I continue to grow, I was like, you know, nah, I don't want to look at this anymore. You know, it's kind of, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, we were judging the gowns. And the swimsuits, you know, segments of that. We were saying, oh, we like this swimsuit and so forth and so forth. oh her gown is pretty, you know, or this one, you know, whatever. But I, you know, I I didn't look at it from the very beginning. But um, you know, I'm I'm thinking, did I miss the talent portion? And do they have that? Or is that a Miss You, Miss Miss Universe, or Miss America or something? See, I you know, I I'm I am i am out of touch with the beauty pageants, okay? But, you know. As, you know, as I said, we didn't look at it from the very beginning. So, but anyway, look, the part that we were like, say, what was the answer in question portion? And I will tell you that as it got down to it, the person we were pulling for one, which was Miss Washington, you know, D.C., we felt that she um, exuded with confidence We felt that she was articulate, that she had poise and she was beautiful and she was strong woman. Some talk, you know, um, as I was listening to some news and things that, uh, you know, the day after, um, some people were saying, oh, she won because she was an officer in the Army Reserve and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. But and I don't think so. But me and my kids. Could see that, that she had it. That, that, that she, we could see, at least I could see, you know, the, the glow around her. So I knew that she was gonna, she was gonna win. And also, as I have talked about, you know, changing face of America on my, you know, shows, you know, um, here on talkzone.com that I'm very proud to say that this November I'll be marking year number two with this fabulous, Uh, radio uh, program station. Um, I noticed that out of the five beautiful women on the stage, all of them, with the exception of one of them, were women of color. Nevertheless, congratulations to all of them who made it that far, and especially to the winner from Washington, D.C., Shawna Barber. I know she will do just great. Okay, now listeners, I want to talk to you about a story and this uh, relating to the, the innocent project. But what I'm, I'm going to do right now is that I'm going to take a break right now and I want you guys to get up and stretch, get some coffee and tea and come back with me. Listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves, and I want to talk to you about bullying. Do you know that bullying is still a constant negative in our society? not only for children in grammar schools and high schools, but also in our colleges, university and workplaces. I want you to know that professional mediation is a great method for resolving issues regarding bullying. It also allows party members to engage in a much-needed conversation to clarify what the issues are and to resolve them without the involvement of law enforcement and in relation to our children, the possibility of school suspension. Need more information? Please give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I welcome you back. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for put it all on the table through mediation broadcasting on the great talk internet radio. And we're just talking in general today. You know, I said, you know, I, I locked, I like to, you know, just have it where it's just you and me sometimes, you know, no guest where, you know, we're just talking about things that are relational to mediation and some things are not okay. Before we went to break I said that I wanted to talk to you guys about a, a story that um, is like in relational to the Innocent uh, Project. And I'm sure that a lot of you out there know what the Innocent Project is. And uh, for those of you who don't, the Innocent Project is a project where you have uh, people, um, lawyers, mediators, and and other individuals Um, They they um, gather together and they go and they review the uh, records of of uh, people who have been imprisoned falsely or falsely imprisoned, you know. So they go and they they check out the the records. They they do all the research and um, they gather all this information to people who were innocent and wrongfully imprisoned and they get them out of prison, prison that. Is definitely a godsend. So um, I want to talk to you guys about the Innocent Project, and I just explained that to you. Um, and this is about um, an ABC News report um, that was released on the 8th, which was yesterday. And it states that a Detroit man who was incarcerated after being wrongfully convicted of four murders He's walking free today after serving nearly nine years of a sentence he received at the age of fifteen. Okay, now the murder convictions were for a, a gentleman by the name of uh, uh, Devante Sanford. He's now twenty-three. Now this his sentence has been vacated by Judge Brian Sullivan, and all charges against this gentleman have been dropped. Maria Miller, who is an assistant prosecuting attorney at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. This is what she has told ABC news yesterday. Now let's get some background on this. Sanford was serving a 37 to 90 year sentence for a quadruple homicide. He was convicted of in 2008. Now, this is what his attorney said. They wanted to know, you know, the, these these individuals want to know why was he in prison? We're looking at the records and so, 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 but it's because he was in there for a quadruple homicide. Now, check this out, guys. Sanford was 14 years old, a baby, when he pleaded guilty to four counts of second degree homicide at the advice of a now suspended attorney. Okay. Now, Heidi A Nosko, she's a pro bono attorney for Sanford. All right, this is a gentleman who was convicted wrongfully, told ABC News that a hitman by is the tr- name of Vincent Smothers confessed to 12 murders 2 weeks after Sanford was sentenced in 2008. But Here comes the but. A turning point arrived when investigators realized that it was former Detective James Tolbert of the Detroit Police Department who drew a diagram of the crime scene, not Sanford, not the one being convicted now, not Sanford as the original investigators alleged. Now, Tolbert had in an earlier testimony said that, Devante, the gentleman who is being, you know, convicted of these murders, had drawn the diagram of the house where the murder took place. Okay, but during the police investigation, he changed his story and said, "No, uh, no, I drew, I drew the house." This is what Nasca, uh, the, the the pro bono attorney, said, and it was a direct contradiction. To his testimony on record. See, this is why for all of us who hear cases, you know, one of the things that they taught us is the recorder is your friend. Okay, I make sure that that recorder is working. If that recorder is not working, I am not hearing cases until that recorder is working because that recorder is my friend. And this, and I'm glad that uh see some in some some. You know, judges and hearing officers, they, oh, I forgot to turn the recorder on. You know, it's, it's, it's not funny. It's, it's something that, that you should have done. And if you missed it, you know, shame on you. Okay. Now I just want to say this guys, continuing on, I want to say hats off and a huge applause to this attorney Nasco for working hard and she worked diligently for getting this young man released from prison. Now, Look, his whole life was being destroyed as he was imprisoned for something that he did not do. Now, as I said, this is not an unfamiliar story, unfortunately, in our society. But, you know, I just like to keep you guys abreast of the facts. And this is is that it still is going on. And And when, you know, good is happening, I like to talk to you guys about that, too. And this is good. And so, as I said, his whole life was being destroyed because he was in prison for something he did not do, guys. And he was wrongfully coerced into telling a lie. Come on, really? When are we going to change from that? Really? Okay. I am sure this man was frightened. You know, this well, he was a young boy at that time. He was a baby, as I said, 14 years old, you know, 14 years. And he was frightened and, and when he was approached, now just imagine this if you can. He's approached initially, he's handcuffed and, 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 and thrown into prison, you know, and, and, um, and, and look, and I have, and I have a questions, listen, I have a question, listeners. Why didn't the judge or defense attorney, pro bono, whoever was working on the case initially with this guy, notice that this case was tainted from wrong information initially, it had on record. Was anybody asking questions? That's the other thing, okay? During this whole trial here, you know, was anyone ask, ask, asking questions? Here's here are questions. Here's my other question to you guys: uh, Would you say this is rush to justice? You know, it could. It, you know, it it could have spared so much of the person's life, listeners, taxpayers' money time you know and i just want to say in closing the attorney Heidi Nasco said if everyone doesn't have access to justice there is no justice wow i totally agree with this attorney which is apparent to me listeners what the case was with this young man okay there was no, there, 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 there was no justice being, being done here, not having access to justice, not being able to afford a good knowledgeable and caring attorney. It, it's really bad. And here's another question for you, uh for you all out here. How many people are in prison unjustly? You know, when I'm, you know, reading and and researching it. I love education, all this. I have questions. I don't just sit there and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. I have questions, okay? Clarifications that come up in my head that's needed. You know, well, <clears throat> well, excuse me, I decided to do a little bit more digging. Now, there is a site called thenation.com, and there is an article that was written by Liz Webster, although this was in 2012 is a apropos for today. I like this one. She says that there um in you know back in twenty twelve there's a new database being called the Wikipedia of Innocence. Maybe some of you guys have heard that out there. I didn't. As I've always said, education is a wonderful thing. So now it's a database being called the Wikipedia of Innocence for its unprecedented look at wrongful convictions. That's, that's absolutely fabulous. And it states, it's, and it states in part that how many other people have been wrong, you know, wrongfully prisoned? Well, no one knows. Okay. Now the Bureau of Justice to the statistics doesn't track exonerations. So for years, that task has fallen on lawyers academics, and activists relying on news reports, guys, and legal filings. Now, while the Innocence Project and the Death Penalty Information Center track exonerations, neither group's database is complete. No single resource has amassed all of the known exoneration cases, for example. Now, until now, on May 21st, the University of Michigan Law School, in conjunction with the Center on Wrongful Convictions at the Northwestern University School of Law, shout out to Northwestern University there in Illinois, released the first ever National Registry of Exonerations. Very interesting, listeners, and so sad at the same time that this is happening in our society where individuals, if you don't have, um, you know, the money to afford, um, uh, you know, the, the 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 legal representation that you know is needed in your case, that you're just, you know, that you're just okay, yeah, he did it, and and that's it, and so forth and so on. And as I said once again, I I I you know, hats off to um, Attorney Nasco, and I and I wish her blessings and success in, in her in her pro bono work as she is doing something greatly. Uh, great for God and, and, and something that is so, so needed in our society. And, you know, and, and I will, I want to add one other thing guys before I go into, to my, uh, shout out time is that, um, the, the, um, uh, you know, typically when this happens to you, um, y- you know, the individual is awarded some monies. Well, as I was doing research, the, this gentleman, um, that was wrongfully convicted, um, has not, uh, received, um, um, you know, in any money or anything like that. So, uh, as as of yet, in his you know um, things like that. So, so we'll you know you know maybe I'll I'll try to try to keep track of this and and see you know how this case is going. Okay, now it's shout out time. Okay, I want to say congratulations to Hillary Clinton as she has captured the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party. Now, once again. History has been made during our lifetimes, guys, you know, it, it's, and, and mine too is fabulous. You know, look, whether you are yay or nay for Hillary, the fact still remains that she has more than cracked the glass ceiling, especially in the political arena for women. And that is, um, that is a very historical event happening in our country for the whole world to see, As this is the first time that a woman has been, has gotten this far, excuse me, back in 2008, you know, she ran against now President Barack Obama. And so she put a little, you know, like, you know, some some good, you know, dings up in the glass ceiling. But this time now she has put, she has cracked it. I love it, you know. And uh, the other historical moment was when President Barack Obama clinched the National uh, the Democratic uh, nomination eight years ago. So you have um, you, you know, some people, particularly men, uh, commentating that, oh, this has happened in other countries. So what, you know? But it has, you know. But here's the thing, guys: it's never happened in our country. Okay, huh? So now that's a historic fact. You can't take it away. And the and the beauty in it is that she achieved it. And Hillary, I want to say, is well deserving of this opportunity, and she continues to show women in general, and especially our young girls, our girls, our ladies coming behind us, our girls coming behind us, that you can achieve great things in this country. It takes hard work, it takes preparedness, it takes planning, and it takes perseverance. Okay, very proud of her and she has my support. All right. My next shout out goes to, um, a gentleman by the name of a R Bernard. Okay. He is an author of a new book titled four things women want from a man. Now, you know, okay. Uh, Teresa. Okay. There's a lot of books out there that's talking about these things. Yeah. But I, I found this guy to be interesting. I saw him, um, I record, um, I I record Wendy Williams and I just happened to see him on there as I was looking at one of my recordings. And I said, you know, I'm going to check this guy out and see what he what's what he's all about. Okay, so um, I took note of him, as I said, on the Wendy Williams show recently. Now, this man, he's a father of seven and a grandfather of 22. Omg, I can't imagine. Me and my husband having 22 grandchildren as these two is, is like 22 sometimes. And, and he is also a minister of a church located in Brooklyn, New York. Now I got a chuckle when Wendy said to him that as, as, you know, I said, and I kind of, you know, did it with a little, little humor that there's been so many books released, you know, around this subject. And basically what, you know, what's, what's the differentiation, differentiation of his? Well, I loved how he eloquently. Said, there are only four things, Wendy, and they are maturity, decisiveness, security, and strength. Boom! There it is. That's it. None of this, this and that, and the, take out the garbage and the, this and that, all that kind of stuff. No long list, ladies. Short and sweet. Okay? So, you know, with all of the, you know, bad news, um, you know, being reported, uh, constantly, Guys, I you know, I want to talk about another article here in my shout out program that I came across on a website named Sunny Sunny Skies, okay? And it reported the following. In a major step toward housing hundreds of homeless veterans, Los Angeles has approved a deal for developers to convert nuisance motels into 500 permanent supportive apartments under the deal. It says developers will purchase underutilized often ran down motels from private owners and convert them to efficiency apartments. The city's housing authority will issue vouchers funded by the U S department of veteran affairs, which will cover residents rent and provide supportive services, including case management and counseling. Instead of allowing blighted properties to decay, let's use them to make powerful change in our communities by giving our veterans the access to services and housing that they need and deserve, says Mayor Eric Garcetti. Okay, the city's housing authority on Thursday awarded 400 rent vouchers to Shangri-La Construction, which is a unit of Shangri-La Industries founded by Hollywood producer Steve Bing and Step Up on Second, a nonprofit homeless housing agency. Now, the team has 60 days to secure these sites, you guys, all right? Now, Volunteers of America will develop 100 units at a motel nearest existing project in North Hollywood. I think that is fantastic. Fantastic. And, you know, I have talked about, you know, our you know, the homeless and and how, you know, how they need help and 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 we need to be doing more, you know, and and that that definitely goes under better than before in our country. We need to help our veterans, as I've always said, as they served in the military for this country. And it's not right to ignore them once they are no longer in the military. We already know, you guys, about the plight of the vets with the lack of receiving health care, education, employment, and housing once they are out of the military. As I have talked about the mistreatment of our veterans on my show, and I want to say that I so applaud First Lady Michelle Obama and Dr. Jill Biden and other individuals for all of their assistance that they give to the vets daily here in this country. Blessings and kudos to you all. So, you know, I am, I am pleased that this is happening in California right now. Okay. I'm pleased that it's happening in California right now. You know, I often talk about the building of new homes here in Arizona. It's basically massive. Now you say, where are you going with this, Teresa? And just, just, just hang on here. Okay. Now saying that. It is a need to build new homes as this is what people are wanting. This is what the builders are saying. You know, they want new homes, so we're going to build them. Okay. All right. I get that. Uh, it, it is so much of it, though. That's what I'm saying. Building new homes, that is, that I often wonder, why aren't the builders of these homes doing something different than consistently building track homes, beautiful as they may be, okay? It seems like on every available piece of property, at least here in Arizona, more new homes are being built. Is this what our society really need, guys? You know, I'm sure it's happening in other places as well. However, my question is, why don't we do something different? Okay, you go, now, okay, now, like what, Teresa? Well, there are neighborhoods here in Arizona, for example, that need revitalization, such as in the Phoenix area old areas that would definitely benefit from revitalization. You know, there are, and, you know, for example, there was um, uh, these these vets that had camped out in a lot in Phoenix, not far from downtown recently, okay? They seem to be, they seem not to be a rowdy bunch, just looking for a stable place to call home. Now, some had tents, some didn't making a long story short they were ordered to leave the area but where they went they did leave they they left peacefully but you know where where they went i i absolutely have no idea okay of where they went we're going to take a break stretch and get some tea and come back with me Listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves, and I would like to know if you are having issues or disagreements with your neighbor and you have reported it to the HOA. And the issue still has yet to be resolved. And now you're feeling as though your concerns have fallen on deaf ears and you are not sure what to do. Don't think of litigation. How about professional mediation? Mediation is becoming very popular for resolving issues in a timely and cost effective manner. You see, unlike the litigation process, the mediation process, Parties are given a platform to be heard and open communication between the parties is established. Professional mediation also combines neutral advocacy, implementing evaluative and facilitative techniques. Empowerment is developed as the parties are very much involved in solidifying an agreement with the guidance of the professional mediator. Would you like to know more? Give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Well, thank you for returning with me. This is Teresa E. Keeves and we're talking in general. And before we took a break, I was talking about um, the veterans and how in California that there's these organizations that are revitalizing old motels and using them for, uh, efficiency apartments, um, for the vets, to, you know, to help get them on their feet so that they can be fully functional, um, society members. Now there's, uh, you know, a, a, one more, a couple other things I want to say before I move on. Um, is that, you know, we have uh, some properties here in this state um, that are similar to what the article I read moments ago about in California. Now, instead of letting them totally go awry, why not breathe new life into them for our veterans, okay? And I like the idea of including supportive services for the homeless veterans, as this takes the notion of total dependency upon the government out of this program, which is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, like the veterans can get on their feet and become fully functional human beings. You know, listeners, I like to know um, a few other things, for example, about these supportive services for these veterans that they mentioned in this article. And remember, I told you it's on a website called Sunny skies s-u-n-n-y-s-k-y-z dot com slash good news okay and i would like to know if these services include education you know and job training services as well you know if not um i think that would be a huge plus um with this project so if any of you guys are listening out there you know here in in the phoenix area to me you know just and this is something of interest you have, or if you're working with the vets, I, I think that this is, this will be, uh, something good, uh, to explore. Okay. Now, let's get to the profession of mediation. Question. Is it expanding? Is it becoming more useful? Well, as you all know, as I said in my, pro, um, program earlier, I like to give a barometer on the profession of, uh, professional mediation, you know, like about two times a year, you know, like in June and December. Okay. Since it's the middle and then the last part of the year. Okay. Well, uh, since my uh, tenure here as a host on the great going on two years now, um, I must say that as I research on what this practice is, is being used for, I am always pleased with the results. Okay. Now, excuse me, you know, listeners that the professional mediation has been around, according to Claudia Maftone for Media.com for over 110 years. And I'm apt to believe that as, excuse me, as she says that the, the principles, opportunities and challenges, you know, of mediation, she says that ADR originated at a time of negative peace and civil discontent generated by contentious relations between the federal state and marginalized sections of U.S. society, okay? Do you guys believe that? Okay, I do. Mediation is growing, all right? It is growing in varying ways, and in a lot of ways, I feel that it is not being utilized, okay? Let's look at the ways that it is growing first. Mediation is being used in a number of courts here in the United States. But all the courts, you know, more courts could use this, this tool. Okay. For example, I've talked to you all about the use of mediation in the United Nations on one of my earlier shows. And during my research, I found that the process of mediation was being utilized For some years now, according to ArizonaMediation.com, in an article that was published as I'm looking at my research going back to 2011, titled The United Nations Resolves to Use Mediation to Peacefully Resolve Disputes, states in part the following. On June 22, 2011, the UN News Center reported that the United Nations General Assembly issued a resolution directing its members to utilize mediation while the United Nations charter already advocates advocate for the use of mediation and peaceful settlements of disputes. This resolution emphasized the UN's commitment to this process. Now it goes on to say, this resolution should come as no surprise as excuse me, as one of the UN's primary goals is to achieve world peace and mediation is a proven method to promptly resolve disputes. What is more, mediation serves to build relationships and is successful most of the time. Okay, it didn't say all the time, it said most of the time. Okay, I mean, court cases are successful, you know, a a lot of times, but not, you know, most of the time, you know, hence the Innocence Project, okay? Now, excuse me, if mediation has been determined to be the best method to resolve disputes for the UN and its 192 member states, then it is certainly something individuals and businesses should also consider to end their disputes. And, you know, and, and, and listen, listen, listeners, I would like to add in this to my, you know, about bullying, you know, in schools across the board and in our organizations and should also be utilizing professional mediation to resolve uh, disputes. You know, listeners, you know, um, professional mediation has made its way in a, in a lot of other areas, you know, and, um, but I just want to get back to to you know to bullying just for you know a, a little bit is that you know um, as I said before on my show they they try to sweep bullying um, up under the up under the rug and they don't um, uh, talk about it um, as as they should I I don't know if it's because you know the media is ingrained in. The you know the presidential elections and so forth and so on you know but it it is it's really bad what's what's happening you know um you know with with the mediation and um with mediation and um 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 I'm sorry with mediation not being utilized um in these areas in our schools and things and I've and I have told you before that. You know um, that you know. As I approach these schools, um, more often than not, they are not forthcoming to want to you know listen and talk about um, you know implementing some type of bullying program in their school systems. You know, but you know one of the, one of the other things I want to talk to you guys about because I'm I'm running down running down on time here is that mediation is now in the maritime industry. Okay, the shipping industry. Now, how, how cool is that? Okay. According to, um, you know, an article on, uh, HellenicShippingNews.com, um, it says the shipping market is currently experiencing a serious recession with the Baltic Dry Index and Baltic Capsize Index both at a record low levels in early 2016. Okay. And it says, coupled with the operating expenses for a standard capsized vessel, which are estimated to be around $6,000 a day, this suggests that the majority of vessels are operating at a loss, okay? And industry experts do not expect any major improvement on these numbers over the next year. As a result, fewer ships are being built and sold, okay? Now, It says, um, in these conditions, disputes are widespread, all right? It is therefore essential for parties to maintain relationships with key customers and retain business. When service providers are faced with the need to retain key clients, however, they often make a commercial decision to write off the loss rather than to enforce a contract and engage in costly litigation or arbitration. The advantages of mediation as a means to resolve disputes dispute in the shipping industry are its speed, cost, and fixed flexibility, and its outcome is aimed at obtaining, obtaining a value-added, future-orientated, you know, result. All right. So in the future, however, mediation is bound to feature more frequently because of the regulatory requirements, you know, in the United Kingdom and European uh, Union. I, I just think I just think that's fabulous, listeners. I just think that is great. OK, that is is now going over into the maritime, into the maritime industry, you know. And, um, you know, overall, uh, you know, listeners, I, I say that mediation is going to continue to grow. Mediation is going to continue to grow in the methods and how they and how is used being used to resolve differences. It is cost effective. It, it is uh, more expedient. It is a more useful tool. It, it 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 hangs. It helps us to hang on to our friendships and relationships. And is 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 just so worthwhile not to sit there and argue back and forth in court um in the manner um, uh, that, you know, the court proceedings, um, do, do allow. Now, you know, overall listeners, our country's temperament is not in a good place right now. You know, coupled with the anger that is associated in our political arena. Now, I suspect that this is one of the many reasons why professional mediation is continuing to grow as our world is changing in many ways for resolving their differences. You know, we are living in a society where people want things to happen instantly. Instant gratification is what it is all about. Sad, but true. But look, nevertheless, it is, it, it, nevertheless, it is one of the drivers for wanting faster resolutions to their problems. You know, you know, you know, I'm just saying that I suspect that because of the affirmation change, the court systems in our country, for example, for all of those who have not gotten On using mediation on the, you know, on the bandwagon for using mediation in their courts probably will have to look at it again in the very near future and reinvent how they are handling their cases so that they are in tune with the rest of the world. And by that, I mean by using mediation to be more expeditious for resolution purposes. Fantastic. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am coming down to the close of my program. It always goes so fast. Whether I'm talking just you and I, you know, it feels like, you know, I have you in front of me. We're in the living room, um, here of my home and just talking, having a good conversation. Um, just know that I will be back in two weeks at another interesting, interesting con, um, uh, conversation. Look at my website. That's on talkzone.com and, uh, it will let you know what I'm going to be talking about so you can be sure to tune in and and um and have a great uh, conversation. And listen, and once again if any of you ever have a comment you want to talk or whatever, 1888 go for it. Check me out on my website www.teresaatekmediations.com. Be kind to yourself and others. God bless. Have a good day.